0: Welcome to Tea and Pepper Soup. Today we're talking to Annette Njiao. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah,
1: that's how you pronounce it. Perfect.
0: Yes. Uh, Annette Njiao of House of Takora. Today we're going to be talking about building with faith and excellence. And so, you know, Annette is just a powerhouse in many ways. She's an attorney, she is a designer, she's an entrepreneur. And she's a social entrepreneur in many ways because not only does she do um, fashion, she does innovative fashion in, in, in an ethical way um, by really blessing other communities across the world. So really wanted to talk to Annette. And of course, she's a believer in Jesus Christ and a kingdom vessel. So wanted to really spend some time chatting with Annette about her story, her life journey, and for, uh, for her to really just inspire us on the podcast today. So welcome, Annette. Um, we we have this, you know, journey of asking questions as we go along. And uh, my our previous guest that we had, she was like, we had some surprises that came up. So, <laughs> you know, let's see what what rose in this conversation. OK, so welcome. Awesome. Welcome, 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 welcome. We're happy to have you. Thank welcome. You. Thanks
1: for having me. I appreciate it. I appreciate your. That you're a woman of faith. And I appreciate that we started this with a, with a prayer because everything that we do, we need to commit to the Lord. And I, I try to, in everything I do, well, you know, I'm not perfect, but I try to do in everything I do to, um, let him lead and guide. And I've not always been like that. Amen. So I appreciate Same. that. So this is good.
0: It's going to be a Amen. good conversation. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. This morning when I was in prayer. Uh, One of the the prayer points the Holy Spirit led on my spirit to say was, you know, you are perfect and I'm imperfect. So let my imperfections be rested within your perfection. Right. Mm -hmm. So I love that you started that off with, you know, I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect. God is using us. That's that's it, you know. And so tell us a little bit about, you know, just your journey. Like what inspired you to really take the path of entering into fashion? Tell us about House of Decor because, you know, by profession, you're an attorney, you're a lawyer and things like that. So just interested to hear kind of, you know, how that came about. It's funny because I've kind of always been into fashion,
1: but like not in a, oh, I want to do this as a business kind of way. It's always just been like me kind of, you know thinking about an idea about an outfit and having it made exactly to my, you know, um, to my liking or me just kind of being in a stylist mode, putting stuff together. That's different. that doesn't look like everybody else. I just kind of always been into, into, into fashion in a way that I wanted to set myself apart, you know, in, in the way I looked
0: or in the way I dressed.
1: And so, but this house of the actually has been in my spirit for a really long time. And um, even, Dating back, on. like I, I was checking my emails one day and I was just like, let me just search House of Defer and see, you know, what comes up, the earliest email that comes up. And so I searched my email and it's like 2007. And I had sent an email to my dad and I was just like, Dad, you know, I want to start this business. I'm going to call it House of Sakura. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but it's going to be in fashion and this and that. And that time I was working as a lawyer already, right? And so, Mm -hmm. like, of course the email went completely unanswered because my dad is... <laughs> Dad, and that's how they behave. <laughs> he's like, he's probably like, "What is this lady talking about? She's a lawyer. Why are you talk about fashion?" But yeah, so I traced it all the way back to them. But I know it was even before that. So, because, but even me to get the the nerve of to ask my dad, something like that. I knew I had to been thinking about it even way before that. So, yes. um, it was just funny that I actually saw that, um, email. So it's been, it's been in my spirit a, a while and I literally have not, um, I honestly didn't start it intention. Well, it was intentional in the sense that I was working in a, in a, um, when I first started, first graduated from law school, I was working at a huge law firm, and then I worked there mm-hmm. for about mm, five years. And then I went in house and worked for one of the clients that we had at the law firm, mm-hmm. and I was just doing um, antitrust work, anti-competition work, and litigation and stuff for that client. It was a huge health health healthcare health company, and um, during my time there, um, you know, things happened and. Mm-hmm. I eventually resigned my position because honestly, I just was at the point where I felt like there was a little bit too much hostility in the environment. And so I was like, I'm going to remove myself from this situation. So I, in 2014, I think I removed myself. I resigned from my position. And then I just thought to myself, you know what? I'm smart. Um I went to law school, I I worked for a huge law firm, I I worked for a huge publicly traded health health care company, I can get a job anywhere, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I I checked off all the boxes, like, I can get a job Mm -hmm. anywhere. And Mm -hmm. I underestimated the power of networking in Houston, Texas, Mm -hmm. or the power of networking Mm -hmm. anywhere, and how people Mm -hmm. actually really get those jobs that I had, because those jobs that I had before, I had them, I got them on my own merits, I knew no one at that law firm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got them because I interviewed with them and I did a 10 week apprenticeship with them. And then they hired me based on my merit, the job I got at mm-hmm. the healthcare company. I got on my own merit. I had mm-hmm. no personal connection with any of those mm-hmm. people. I just did mm-hmm. good work for them on the outside. And when it was time to interview, I interviewed and I was, I got the job. And so mm-hmm. it was just like, I was flabbergasted to me that I'm like, it, almost 18 months into unemployment after resigning that position, 18 months, oh. and it was just like, I have a great resume, I, I'm very intelligent, you know, in certain respects, not in everything. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I do this job, I've done this job, um, so how am I not able to, you know, secure something so quickly and something that I in lo- something that I love to do, and so 18 months go by and I did not. And I got finally got a job in the 18th month as a chief compliance officer at another healthcare company. It was a small, much smaller healthcare company, and mm-hmm. they were like, um, when I when I went in for the interview, it was so quick. It was like interview mm-hmm. offer. Dah, 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 dah. It was quick. It was there was no like bureaucracy. There was no 15 interviews because it was a small company. Um, mm-hmm. But when I got the job, like something whispered in my spirit was like, this is only temporary. So literally when I am sitting across the CEO and he's offering me, he's interviewing me and offering me this position, my spirit is saying, this is only temporary. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, okay, so I go from, you know, like losing everything. When I resign my position, lo- losing six figure salary, losing like a lot of money in bonuses, losing stock options. Um, and just having to live on what we had saved for so long um, in that period of time. And then I come to this job and it's, it's it would set me up to be back where I was, but not exactly. But then like mm-hmm. my spirit is saying, it's temporary, it's temporary. So it's basically telling me, don't get comfortable in this situation. It's temporary because it's meant to be a bridge to take you somewhere. I just didn't know where. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so after, after I got that job, like literally I got that job in like, uh, I think September of 2015. And my sister was like, uh, I'm going to do a charity fashion show in December. I'm going to put it together. She likes put, putting together events and stuff Christiana. And she's like, I'm mm-hmm. going to do a charity fashion show. I've gotten all these different designers. She was like, you should launch your house of Takura brand. And she just left it at that. And I was just like, I thought about it. was just like, I don't know. You know, I I know some, I I didn't have, I was working now. And so it's like, I didn't really have time to do a lot of other things, but I had Mm -hmm. seamstresses that I used to go to anyway, to have them make a bunch of my stuff. So I was like, but let me, let me. So I went to one of my seamstresses and I begged, begged, begged her. I was just like, um, can you help me? do this line. And, you know, I don't know the first thing about like the technicalities of fashion. I didn't go to the fashion Institute. I didn't go to the fashion Institute. Um, I, I didn't, you know, I, I've never done New York fashion week. I've never, (laughs) it was just like, I, I'm not trained in this, but I did Mm -hmm. always feel like I had an eye for it. And so I Mm -hmm. I got all this fabric and I was like, okay, so this is what I want. We're going to do it this way and that way. And so I put together like this line, which For my first line, I think it was really, really good. Obviously, it didn't Mm -hmm. have as much symmetry as I'd like it to have. Now that I look back, and I've seen the later lines. And so, Mm -hmm. for my first line, it was awesome. But Mm -hmm. I didn't know so until I actually put it on the runway. So, I put it on the runway. And, like, all these models who had been in so many fashion shows before, they were like, your stuff is so amazing. I'm like, really? (laughs) (laughs) because you know how sometimes you you put stuff out there and you think um you know it's great but then you're like what if people don't like it because i mean that's we're human you know Mm -hmm. we we put we bear our souls and we hope that people see our hearts but Mm -hmm. sometimes they don't and sometimes Mm -hmm. people are just in a broken broken space where even if they do see your heart they don't want you to know that they see your heart you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. um so after that, like, it was like a big, like, oh my gosh. I had people coming up to me afterwards. It's like, oh my gosh, you're just asking. Blah, 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 blah. So I was all excited. I was so super excited about it. And so after that, I started looking for like manufact like local manufacturers to mm-hmm. and have a, I, you know, I bought all the fabrics, like from different places. And then I started having local manufacturers um, to have them make the, make a, like a retail version of the line. So I did that, but that didn't happen till towards the end of 2016. But in the meanwhile, the whole of 2016, I'm working on the brand, but I'm also working, you know, as uh, chief Mm -hmm. compliance officer at that, at that, um, the healthcare company. Then in literally at the end of August, I think Mm -hmm. the end of August, I I get called. No, it was beginning of September. I get called mm-hmm. into. I get called into the CEO's office, and he's like, "I have to let you go." And I'm like, "Are you firing me?" He's just like, "No." He's just like, "I'm laying you off." And I'm like, "He's just like, this is beyond you. This has nothing to do with your performance. This has nothing to do with you. This is be. This is not something that you can help, or something that." You can fix. This is not about mm-hmm. you, you know. And so, like, obviously, that still doesn't. That doesn't, you know, for human beings, that doesn't. That still doesn't make you feel any better about the situation mm-hmm. it's because mm-hmm. it's not your performance, and it's really about the company and the, the direction they're headed and all those kind of things. And so, it's like I wanted to believe him that it wasn't about me, but then I'm like, is it about me? But then I remember to when, when God said when I got that first. When I got that mm-hmm. job, he said, this is only temporary. And so I almost a year later, a year later, when he is like letting me go and he's telling me this is not about me, it's bigger than me. I took some kind of consolation in that. It's only like two months later, I found out they were actually in the process of getting bought out by a huge healthcare company who already had mm-hmm. chief compliance officer and yeah. a lot of stuff going on in the background
0: so mm-hmm. like, you know and God saw ahead of it all he knew what was There, happening. I
1: was like mm-hmm. kind of depressed about it but then like when I found out that that's exactly what happened it's like oh God there you there you are in the midst of it all the details that you told me a year ago but then mm-hmm. I think it was also part of part of what God also said when God also said that was temporary It was also part of him saying I'm giving you this
0: opportunity to launch a brand to get your house in order yep so you can launch
1: (laughs) honestly like because otherwise i wouldn't have had the money to launch and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. and so it's like Mm -hmm. when i go when i think back at it i'm like he literally gave me that job so i can use it as a pivot to launch this brand that he Mm -hmm. wants me to take however he wants me to take it
0: so wow that's literally That's that's powerful thank you for sharing that i think you know like There's a lot of things we can learn just from the launch, right? The fact that, you know, sometimes obedience is difficult, you know, especially when you don't see, but one, the importance of obedience, um, when you're building, um, you know, just talking about this idea of building in excellence, but two, most importantly, even one point a is allowing God to really be at the center of what you're doing, which Mm -hmm. is what, you know, um, you're really speaking to is that God had already said to you, you know, the spirit of God basically whispered to you and told you this is temporary because there was something else he had planned. So that's really powerful. That's really, really powerful. I want you to tell us a little bit about then, you know, what does it really mean for you now that, you know, you've kind of set up the business, the business has been growing for the last four years now, right? Yeah. About four years. Yeah. about Because I launched it at the end of, December
1: 2015, but I really didn't start doing anything serious with it until like 2016 at the end
0: of 2016.
1: 2016.
0: yeah. And it's been a seed, like you said it it goes back to like 10 years of you you know, it being a seed, which is something we talk a lot about also on the podcast is, you know, like waiting for the right time for when God is ready to launch you as opposed to going ahead of God. So I think that's really powerful of, of what you raised. Tell us a little bit about you know, this idea of really like working in excellence, what does that mean for you and your business, right? I know you're based in, you're based in Texas, Uh but you also have partners in Kenya Yep, and you have partners in Sierra Leone Yep, um, and things like that. So tell us a little bit about what does it mean to have excellence in your business? Like, what does that look like for you? Honestly, for me, that always
1: starts and ends with people in relationships. Like Mm -hmm. I've been in, you know, work situations where I feel like People don't see you or they undervalue you or they're just they don't have any emotional intelligence when it comes to dealing with other people. And that's what ruins that's what ruins relationships. And that's what that's why people leave their jobs. People don't leave their jobs because they hate their jobs. I never left my job because I hated my job. I loved what I did. I felt like that was a mini ministry in which I helped people you know, people, health Mm -hmm. insurance, I mean, people, members, I helped them, even though I worked for the health insurance company, I I felt like God put me there to not just work on behalf of the health insurance company, but also show compassion in every single circumstance, every single encounter I had with somebody who was complaining about their health care, health insurance, denying a particular claim. Mm -hmm. You know, I Mm -hmm. let them see God in every situation in that job. So for me, like when I left that job, I mourned it because mm-hmm. I felt like I left a situation that God really wanted me to be in. And part of it was mm-hmm. maybe, part of it was definitely the the hostility. Um, part of it was just other things that I don't, I can't get into. Uh, mm-hmm. And maybe there was a little bit of pride there too. You know, my dad has always told me, you know, you can work for whomever, work for these people, but don't just remember that you have a brain, you have a mind, you have wisdom, and they can try to take anything away from you, but they will never be able to take away your wisdom and your knowledge that you've gained. My dad has Mm -hmm. always told me that. And so Mm -hmm. part of that was me saying, you know what, I have a lot of wisdom and knowledge I've gained from this company and I can walk away and and replicate that in other, in other companies and in other situations. Like, so mm-hmm. I felt like they had zero emotional intelligence to deal with certain people, you know, to really deal with their human capital. So for me, excellence in my business starts and ends with how I treat people. Mm-hmm. Every encounter I have with somebody, I hope I'm meeting them with compassion I hope I am meeting them with care and love, the love of God. and I hope that even in a situation where I feel like they're not living up to the standards, they're not working up to the standards that I want them or would like them to work up to, I can still have compassion in that situation and figure out why. Why aren't you how, I, how am I not inspiring you? How am I, how can I empower you to do your best at your job? How can I help you succeed? what you want to do to continue to, you know, make a good living for yourself. I also think it's about, you know, like knowing the people too, like, you know, the, the people who do, who, who, who work on my stuff in Kenya, I know them personally. I know their children. I know who they, I, I know their children by name. I may not have, you know, met, met their children, but I know, I know the children by name. I ask for their children. When I speak to them, um, I ask for, you know, is everything okay? You know, especially if like maybe a deadline that I've set has not been met. I want to know why the deadline hasn't been met instead of me just going off about it, you know. And Mm -hmm. I'm not always that kind of person who, who, you know, who's always so compassionate, you know, because I, I, I demand excellence. (laughs) Not Mm -hmm. because, not because I'm excellent in every way. Absolutely not but because I know God wants us to be, that's something that he wants us to be. He wants us to strive for it. So we cannot, we cannot sit in mediocrity in any way, not just in the work of our hands, but in the way that we, we um, interact with people. So for me, the excellence starts with how I deal with my human capital.
0: That's great. Yeah, I think that's important. I think relationships are so important, and the types of relationships that we align with and uh, can really be either your your upfall or your downfall, right? Mm-hmm. And like you said, just really being delicate with human relationships. You know, my husband says that all the time. Mommy says that all the time. Like you gotta be really delicate with how you treat people, how you deal with people, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And sometimes when you're in business and you have outputs and things you want to push towards. Or any type of organization really there's times when it can easily you can easily lose sight of your people. Which sometimes happens a lot of times with some of these larger companies. So I think that's amazing that you have that as one of the the ways that you really the key way that you really ensure excellence in your company. Let's uh take it back a little bit and let's talk about family and talk about faith Uh and just kinda like your cultural heritage and all and Let's, you know, definitely you're Sierra Leonean American and your parents are Sierra Leonean and just want to understand like, you know, how that really shapes you as a woman of faith, as a woman, as an African woman, as a diaspora woman. What are, how does your family from like your parents to your current family, your nuclear family, how does that really tie together in your identity um, just as, a, as, and how has it influenced your walk and your faith, etc. cetera? Yeah. So,
1: you know, I, my parents are from Sierra Leone, as you know, and I was in Sierra Leone mm-hmm. until I was about 10 years old. And then we had to move here. And that's mm-hmm. probably a story for another day, but we were, we, we had to move here for our safety. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I grew up in church. But that doesn't really mean anything, right? Because people mm-hmm. grew up in church all day. And as my sister says, people can grow up in, in church all day and still miss the point of Jesus. And so, <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know, when say when people say I grew up in church, to me, I, I really tried to understand what that means. Is it you just grew up like going to church every Sunday? Because I sure did grow up going to church every Sunday. I went to, right. um, what's that called? Um you know, like youth group and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I used that as a foundation. Like, you know, I, I grew up in church. Did I know what I was, you know, learning in church? Jesus loves me. I learned that. Did I understand mm-hmm. that we were, that he was about relationships versus, you know, just religiosity? Probably not. I mean, I didn't come to that knowledge until many, many, many years ago. I, honestly, I didn't come to Christ until 2013. Um, I was at a visiting my sister's church in Lexington, Kentucky and Christine Kane, I know, you know, her, um, of course. was preaching that day. She came to visit the church and she was preaching. And then she did the call at the end of her sermon. And I just gave her- oh, that day. Um, wow. And honestly, even in the moment that I did it, I didn't understand the impact of it. I didn't understand what that really meant. I just knew that I was so moved by whatever it is that she was saying. I wanted to raise my hand and say, yes, I do believe in Christ. The Lord is as, as my as my savior and that he died for my sins and all those things. And so um, when I did that, I still was such a baby in Christ. Like I still was in the flesh alive <laughs> mm-hmm. in the sense that, you know, I, I I used to be the kind of person who would just you know, say whatever I wanted to say to anybody, Mm -hmm. because I thought, Mm -hmm. hey, it's the truth, regardless of Mm -hmm. whether or not it would end up hurting. I I didn't mince words. I didn't code. I didn't sugarcoat it. I didn't do any of that. I didn't understand Mm -hmm. the value of saying things in love versus just really Mm -hmm. saying things. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I just thought, you know, if it's the truth, it's the truth. But Mm -hmm. I think the, after that, at the time I really started to understand the relationship with Christ was when I resigned my position. And there was that 18 month gap where what was I doing with my life? Like I was looking for jobs every day and not and going on interviews and not getting anything. Um, And so I really started to like explore my relationship with God. I was also in a church that (laughs) I'm no longer at that church, but that church, one thing I I know I can be grateful for that church. It really taught me how to pray. How to pray the word of God over my life. Like, because the circumstances that I was seeing myself in was like, not, it's not where I know God wanted me to be, but it's probably mm-hmm. where I needed to be to be completely dependent mm-hmm. on Him. To realize mm-hmm. that this, that all these things that we had before were nothing short of His grace, you know? Mm-hmm. I really like it literally broke me down to my core, like Mm -hmm. to realize that, wow, God is who he says he is. And all these things that are happening right now, I'm dependent on him. And part of it was, you know, like there were times where my kid needed basketball shoes and I just didn't have the money and I had to call a cousin. And for like two or three years in a row, she would buy his school basketball shoes. And, and then there were times when um, we he would play AAU. He played AAU, which is like the Amateur Athletic Union. And it was like right after school basketball, he would play that. And those fees are not cheap. And mm-hmm. there was a time where the organization you know, paid for half of it, and we only had to pay for half of it. Um, mm-hmm. Things like that that remind you that even though you think you're lacking and you can't you can't actually provide for your family in a particular circumstance. God is going to come through no matter what. So literally from like 2014 to 20, so literally like, so 2013 to 2014, I didn't really, I didn't really realize, even though I had accepted God as my savior, I didn't really realize like what that meant. It's really when we were in the thick of it, when we were in the thick of it, like 2015, I was just like, like stuff would happen. Like for, for instance, we would like barely have any food on a particular day and somebody would just show up on our doorstep. I'm not I'm not joking. With <laughs> yes, rice. Yep. And it's like, really? Like, how do they know it, It's, mm-hmm. it's not even, it's so, it's like, he's, he's in the details. So even if, even in your Valley, even in the, which is what I learned so much in that, in that circumstance, even in the lowest, mm-hmm. if you feel like you're at the lowest point of your life, he is mm-hmm. there. Taking care of you, and he's never going to forget you. And so, I think growing up, growing up having that foundation is good. But still, it could have actually meant absolutely nothing had I not been in that circumstance that that made me completely dependent upon him. Because I was independent, you know. Like I had a really good job, you know. I was doing this. And yeah. that. My kid gets everything. da da. Or you know, we it's just. And then when you when you're in a situation where you like have nothing and it's like, oh, this is what this feels like to be not in control. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Because when you have an anxiety, yeah. yeah. you're always trying to be in control, and it's something I struggle mm-hmm. with still even today. Like this whole mm-hmm. factor, I need to just mm-hmm. remind yeah. myself. You know, I think you like yeah. you had asked me a
0: question before um, about yeah, I, what <laughs> is the area. Yeah, it was, it, that's what I want to get to okay. next. I mean, I think, I think one of the things you shared though, that's really powerful that I kind of want to spend some time, um, just honing in on is just the importance of God throughout every season. You know, um, I was listening to something yesterday that was talking about, sometimes we think God, oh, it was a, it was an evangelist that I usually listen to. Mm-hmm. And she was saying, her name is Nika, Niket Williams. And she was saying, one time she was like, things were going really rough for her in her ministry. And she went before the father and she was just like, what is going on? Why are things going really terribly? Like, why, you know, God, is there anything I did wrong? Show me, show me, show me. And she said, she heard God clearly say to her, if, if you didn't have control when you, when things were good and I was getting the glory, what makes you think that I, Shouldn't get the glory when things are bad, like when things are not working out, like leave everything to me. So that was really that. I mean, kind of translates to what we're talking about today is just God always being there no matter what. You know, it's just a matter of when we key in to know that he's around. And I just what you were saying just reminded me of Psalm 139, verse 7 to 12, where it says, where can I go from your spirit? Right. Mm -hmm. When I when where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. That means even in the darkest, darkest, darkest places. He's there. I'm, God is there. He, you know, it's just a matter of when his children key in to say, Oh, you know what I mean? And we all go through that. And I think that's part of like building and part of building your faith. Mm -hmm. So even this idea of building with faith and excellence goes beyond just our businesses and the things that God has given us to (laughs) steward. And most importantly, is with our walk with Christ, you know, and ensuring that, like you said, God wants us to strive for excellence, for us to strive for that relationship with Him where we're always coming to Him, we're always talking to Him. Like, I have a friend, she says, I talked to the whole group about what to wear for the day, you know, like, yeah. to somebody else, that may look simple, but that's just how close and intimate of a relationship yeah. she was explaining about her relationship with God, you know, that we really should be dependent on everything, but, you know, we live in a world that's very much so, like, Everything is based on like outcomes or like impact yeah. or quick turnaround. So sometimes it's very, it can be very difficult. It can be a challenge, sure. which leads me to the the next question, which you were going to bring up because I, I shared some prep questions with Annette. So she's just jumping by the head, um, <laughs> which is, um, what is, you know, what is that area? Where What is that area in your life uh, or your business that you struggle to, to let go and let God, we all have them. Um, but just want to know what that is for you. So for my business, honestly, like zero. like I, Mm. I do
1: not, I do not struggle to let go and let God anymore because it's, he's the reason that this business is what it is and continues to be Mm. what it is and continues to be exposed in every way that it's being exposed. And so I literally like have understood that in my business, like so long as I'm doing the right thing so long as I'm Mm -hmm. doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So long as I'm listening to my spirit and, and, and letting God lead me, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna prosper. I don't know. Like nothing, it's never gonna, it's not going to be a situation where, you know, um, I want, you know, I want something for the business and it doesn't happen. Like I literally, like we'll, we'll have another conversation and another day Mm -hmm. where you'll realize (laughs) what I'm talking about. There's been, there've been Mm -hmm. so many different things that have happened in this business that have not had anything to do with me. I, I don't care what anybody says. People might say, well, yeah, it does. It has to do with your personality. And you know, you, 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 um, you're this and you're that, and you, you, you know, you're, you're kind to people and you know,
0: you have this light about you. That's all God. Give us an example of one that, that, that you don't mind sharing. Give us an example of one that you don't mind sharing. Oh
1: my gosh. Okay. So, um, you know what, I think they're going to release it this week. So, but you you, you can't... you. If I tell you now, you have to wait to release your podcast. Okay, that's <laughs> Until <why. it's> released, <laughs> You know, so like <laughs> last year, um, Facebook came to me, like they sent an email to me and they're like, we'd like to interview you about your business. And I just ignored the email. And then they sent another email and I responded to the questions they asked. And then, like, apparently they called me and I never and never answered my phone or even listened to the voicemail until like after all this stuff went down. And so like, then they sent me an email, somebody from their, 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 I don't remember which, which department sent me an email and they were like, um, we'd really like to talk to you about your business. Um, and how you use social media, you know, most specifically Instagram and Facebook to, um, market it and stuff like that. And how, what impact it's had on your business. And so I was like, um, okay. I was like, You know, I'm just like, whatever. I I have the 30 minute call. Of course I talk and talk and talk and talk. And the lady barely gets a word in and I'm like, oh yeah, I totally ruined it because I'm just over here talking and she wanted to ask the question. (laughs) And so like, she's just like, well, you know, thank you for talking to me. This has been really great. If we have any opportunities to partner with you in the future, we will let you know. Um, and so like, So that's, I don't remember what part of the year that was. It was some, like, early May or maybe end of April. And so, like, like, literally, I think four or five weeks go by, and I'm getting a call one day. I'm getting a call, and I I didn't recognize the number, and I was at work. So I was like, okay, I'm not picking up this phone. And so after the call, I get an email directly, like, an email almost immediately. And it's, like, this Hollywood producer, and he was just like, hey, I'm so-and-so from so-and-so studios, um, I'd like to talk to you. He sends an, e- he sends an email to. I'd like to talk to you about an opportunity with Facebook. Um, and I'm like, huh? Okay. And so like, <laughs> I, look at the, I look at the email, I'm like, what? And he's just like, yeah, I'd like to talk to you. Let me know what time, you know, uh, your availability yeah. or whatever. And so like later that day we talk and he's like, so Facebook is doing a series on small businesses and they'd like to highlight your business. Uh, excuse me?
0: That's amazing. <laughs> like,
1: what? Why? Glory, like, to to-. Glory to God. Glory to God. Like, wait.
0: Amazing. And so he Jeez.
1: was like, so first, I'd like to know if you want to do it. Because, you know, they picked six businesses out of all the businesses, you know, that they interviewed. And you were one of the six. Wow. And I was just like, of course I want to do it. Like, it, like, of course, like that's so scary, too. Because you're like, I don't want to do this. I don't want people all over my, all up in my business, but yes, you do. This is all for yes. the glory of God. That's God. That's God. You That's want, God, you want this. And so like, I literally yep. didn't even think, I just was like, yes. And so, mm-hmm. and so <laughs> they, that was like, uh, I think beginning of June. So we figure out a date. They came at the end of July. They filmed us for two whole days. Oh, that's awesome. Like, on how we run the business, how I, you know, like, how I communicate with my people in Kenya. And, you know, I did a photo shoot with them and everything. Like, oh, follow, they so followed fun. me to my Zumba class where I taught my Zumba class that day. Like, it was, oh. it was like a whole day in the life of. And it was just like, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> but then
0: more, You're a God's child. Than I, more I was <laughs> like. This is God, like that's a it's all like God. I
1: literally anybody that like I encountered in that space of time, like I was just like, this is God, like even when I was talking to the lady at Facebook, yeah. she, I was just like, I don't know how you picked me, but all I know is it's God, and she just started mm-hmm. laughing, like because like every that's time I get is. the opportunity, I mm-hmm. just say, you know, this is the kind oh, of thing I'm talking about, yeah, and there's so yep. much fun yep. coming down. I the know pike is ridiculous, like
0: yeah, like this, yeah.
1: He so that's fixed, why he I don't have any struggle you, areas in my business with God. I just let Him lead because it's just Him. Amen,
0: amen. And if you were to say in your kind of in your personal life, your personal walk, if, if there's an area you were talking about this idea of control and letting go, what does that look like for you when you're struggling with that? And how do you ultimately allow God to just take control? Because I know that's definitely a struggle. Oh my for me. God, <laughs> and a lot of people, motherhood. It's my biggest struggle.
1: Like my son for me is so tough to just relinquish control. Um, mm-hmm. I remember a church I used to go to that same church. I told you, I learned how to pray.
0: Mm-hmm. One
1: thing the pastor said that stuck with me the most all these years is what you worry about the most is where you trust God the least. He mm-hmm. say that he's like, what you worry about the most is where you trust God the least. And for me, I worry about my son the most And it's not because he's not a good kid. He's actually an amazing young man. He's very mature. He's, he's just good. He's a good human being. Um, He cares for people. And so it's like, I know that I've instilled everything that I'm supposed to instill in him, but I still worry so much about his future and how things that people do affect him. Mm-hmm. And um, one day my husband was just like, this was two years ago. He was just like, you need to remember that God is not going to take care of Takura because he's your son. God is going to take care of Takura because he's God's son. He's like, you're, your are you're butter but steward over his life. You need to continue to remember that. And so, you know, that kind of helped me like, you know, back off a little bit, but it's still so, it's like, honestly, it's a, it's a stronghold challenge every day. Like he's going to college in the fall. I thought he wanted to play basketball. You heard him just scream at me just now saying, I don't want to play basketball.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I know that has nothing to do with anything, but, but what the struggle that he's going, going through this season with respect to some
0: mm-hmm. of his
1: coaches have used mm-hmm. him on the basketball court. I know that he doesn't mm-hmm. play ball.
0: Mm-hmm. He's
1: never mm-hmm. missed. He's been playing basketball since he was four years ago old, and has wow. never missed a single game in his life. He's a senior, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this season has been really tough for him, and even tougher for me. And but the funny thing is, like, it's really grown him, and I can tell in the way he interacts and in the way he he um, understands things that he's very mature. But for me, it's continuously a struggle to trust, to trust God. And I'm like, God, which is crazy because I'm like, I know I'm a steward of his life. I know he's your, mm-hmm. you're going to give him, you're, you're, you're going to be glorified in his life, no matter what, man. Amen. I know Amen. That. Um, But I like cry all the time. And so the other day, like, you know, after one of the games, it was just, it's not great. And so the next day, you know, I'm talking to my husband. I'm like, I had so much anxiety. I couldn't sleep. Talking to my husband the next day, I was on my way to work. We're in the in the um, garage. And I just started crying. And he was just like, calm down. He was just like, mm-hmm. do you think that maybe you're struggling with this so much because you love Takura more than you love God? Because if that is the case, then you need to repent.
0: Yeah, got to work it out with God. You got to work it out. I literally was like,
1: the tears just kept coming. Because the amount of revelations God will place in a human being, like, even when you're not in a position to want to hear it, you hear it. Like, I literally started crying and, you know, repented because I'm like, it's God first, then family, then ministry. I need to remember that. Yeah. And I need yes. to just know that no matter what happens, the crew is going to be just fine. We yeah. raised a fine kid, and God is the author and finisher of His faith and His salvation, and He will take care of him. But like, wait, it's such a struggle. Like, even like, now, like it's yeah. motherhood will mother motherhood will change you, <laughs> mm. mostly for their good, hopefully. But like, yeah. yeah, that's an area I struggle with, and I and I I just pray that I can, you know, really, really let that go and remember who he is. Yeah,
0: it's difficult. I can only imagine. I'm not a mother yet, but I know my mom and I see my mom and how over the years and the storms that have come in each of her children's lives and losing our father and that storm that Mm -hmm. came and her having to step in two roles of mother and father Mm -hmm. and just so much that she's had to maneuver through those storms and really resting in God is I mean even in this season just seeing how she's really had to really rest in God because there's some things that she can't wrestle with in her flesh anymore it's like she just has to submit and I've seen that struggle with her I've seen it with other you know close women in my family and their children so I was just saying that to my husband the other day I was like man motherhood looks like no joke parenting Mm just looks like no joke it looks like a whole nother place where God really tests our faith you know every day so every yeah and I, I just pray that God will give you that grace and and just help you to like navigate through your call of being a mother because I can only imagine it's not an easy call you know and and just the fact that you know like you know like just The fact that you bear your soul, it sounds like you're somebody who bears your soul to God and doesn't hold back, is why he loves you so much. And um, he knows, he knows his children, he knows the deepest things in our hearts and what we're fighting with, and he got you, you know what I mean? And he got, most importantly, he got Takora, like, you know, he says, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you, you know what I mean? So even before you had the thought that Takora was coming on this planet, God already had already done it in the spirit realm. Yeah. So now that he's here in the natural, I mean, everything Amen. concerning to destiny has already been written, Amen. you know? Amen. So Amen. it's just, we just now have to pray that God's will be done over his life and that God will continue to be with him. And he will, he will, yeah. you know, you guys have done your part as parents up until this point, you stewarded him, you've planted seeds in his life as a, a Christian kid. And, you know, he'll go through seasons in life, but he'll always come back because the Bible says that the word said that you train your child in a way they will never depart. Exactly. So, exactly. oh, my God, we, we just, we just believe you that. uplifted me. Thank we you. Believe, we, thank we thank God. We thank God. Oh, we thank God. That's, that's his word, not mine. He just told me to, to let you know that this podcast is really like his thing. It's his ministry. He just speaks and we do. So I'll come on here thinking I'm about to do an interview and we have full on church. Amen. Clearly. So <laughs> we thank God. We thank God for what he is doing. Okay. You know, I think we've already talked about like how you allow God to shine in your business. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd love to hear it. I mean, in, in the next month or so, I'll be going to. Sarah Leone, and I'd love to talk to you offline about this, but I'm leading um, a session with women of faith who also have businesses Mm -hmm. about how they tell their Jesus story in their business. How do you allow God to shine in their business? So I see that online with you. And I mean, and I see that just even when we chat every now and then just how, much, it's not a separate thing. You don't put God in a box. You don't compartmentalize God. But I'd love to hear what that looks like for you on a day-to-day basis with your employees and your work and your just how you talk and things like that. How do people know that this is God's child? How do you allow God to really shine in your business?
1: You know, I, I can't separate him from it because he's the reason it is what it is today. OK, well, so I think I think you have to start with that mentality, because if you remember that apart from him, you are nothing. That is a really humbling place to be. And so for me, it's like it's not even it's almost like it's not even my business. It's like it's God's yeah. business and he's just done what, he's, what what he says he would do. Like, if you focus on him, he will elevate, he will add all these things onto you. He will elevate you. You know, if you're still, which is one of my favorite scriptures, is, you know, Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God and I will be glorified. And that's why I struggle, like when I struggle, when we just talked about struggling with my son, it's so hard for me to be still in that area. But I mm-hmm. still, my favorite scripture is that for, for once, I'm actually, Still in that area, like in uh, the business area, and so, like you know, I wake up in the morning. I usually wake up. I do praise and worship. That's like my
0: thing. Actually, all day. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I see sometimes I see the Instagram stories. I see you jamming, listening to certain you know worship music because I'm like, it's just
1: it's so it's so edifying. It's it keeps Mm -hmm. it keeps. So much positivity, like literally when I'm at work, like before I go to work, I'll, I'll try to do my Jesus calling. Sometimes I don't, and I do it when I come home. But the weird thing is like, when I don't do my Jesus calling until I come home, when I come home and I read my Jesus calling, I'm like, oh, I wish I could have read this this morning. Cause then my day would have been so much different <laughs> <It'd have been laughs> because this is a exactly what I was going
0: through today. <laughs> I know, that like I, know that I definitely
1: read a scripture. So what I do in the morning when I wake up, I read a scripture. I send that scripture to my husband and I send it to my son. And then I send my son um, um, uh, like an af- affirmation of some sort. Like he may or may not read it. Who knows? But I send it just to remind him of who he is and all that stuff. And so that's how I start my day. I start my day with positivity. Bible, scripture on my way to work. I'm listening to NPR because I need to get my news in. And then when mm-hmm. I get to work, I put on my headphones all day and listen to praise and worship. And, like, literally, mm-hmm. because I do that, I feel like I can deal with people on such um, a human level. Like, they mm-hmm. literally call me joy at work. I'm not joking. Like, people call <laughs> me joy. Who <laughs> randomly come looking for me to hug me because they hadn't seen me in a while, which is Aww. weird because, like, I've not always been this person. That's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. if you really allow the spirit of God to work in you and through you, like you can be a different person. Cause there was a time yeah, when amen. I was not, I mean, I'm not the kind of person that you would approach. I wasn't, yeah. I, it, it, I, I yeah. wasn't friendly. This was undergrad. I wasn't like, I was friendly to the people who were close to me. Like I had my guard mm-hmm. up, but once you got through that mm-hmm. guard, you knew who I was. But before, mm-hmm. like now I don't even have that guard up. Like I don't, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I need it. Cause I pull on, I put on, yeah. to me, I put on the full armor of God. And that way I'm protected mm-hmm. from all the things that are fleshy. If I, you know, but if, of course I'm flesh or, you know, and I always remember the battle, the battle is not, you know, against flesh and blood is, is.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: when people come at me the wrong way, I try, you know, to mm-hmm. let them see something different in me. So like at work one day, I was like, I was singing and the lady could hear me. And apparently she just started talking about me. And I was just saying to myself, well, you guys just told me to shut up. You know, I wasn't going to take offense. You just told me to... So she went on and on and on and on and on. And like she was saying all these not so nice things. And I could like, it's like, it's like God almost sharpened my ears to hear and hear and hear. And then he was just like, what are you going to do in this situation? And so I, told yeah. I turned to the lady. I was just like, I can hear everything you just said. And then, like, she, like, went stone cold quiet. And, like, so we stood there for a couple more hours. And she's, like, doing her <laughs> thing. I'm doing my thing. Like, there are a couple of other people in the room. And so when it was time for me to leave, I just got up. And I was just, like, I went to her. I said, you know, my name is so-and-so, by the way. And I told her my name. And I said, I forgive you for all the mean things you just said about me. I was like, I forgive you. Mm-hmm. And she, like, literally was shocked, looked at me. And I was just like, I have a problem with no one around here. That's not who I am. And I just, you know, she, she laughed. She kind of laughed. But I know she felt mm-hmm. bad because like everybody yeah. in that room, like literally mm-hmm. every time they see me, they're like, oh my God! Helen! Yeah! You know, like I use Helen because yeah. it's my first name. But, um, <laughs> but you know, like you just I feel like you just in your everyday and I feel like when you start your day with the right intentions and if your intention is always to put God first and to try and be the best person that he knows you can be, I think you have definitely an opportunity to impact well beyond what you think you can, you know?
0: Amen. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. And I think what's also really powerful is talking about, you know, just how the Holy Spirit leads you and how the Holy Spirit has really built up your spiritual character you know like the fact that they call you joy that's a actually that's a fruit of the spirit you know as we know according to galatians chapter five it's a fruit you know what i mean and you know we were talking about this in bible study in warrior women the ministry the women's ministry that you know god laid on my spirit to start about a few years ago and so we were talking about just the importance of allowing the spirit of god to do what he's supposed to do in your life And the, that that's how You know things like pride get Killed or arrogance gets killed Or greed gets killed or You know all these other things that are not of God And really like you know Just the, the fruits of the spirit Get nurtured in you right so how beautiful Is it that when it radiates Right like that's a, a, a Perfect example Of how God shows up In your life mm-hmm. you know and in your business and in your Work etc I want us to talk a little bit as we're wrapping up because you've talked about your favorite Bible scripture, which is uh, Psalm 46, verse 10. I want us to talk about, you know, one life challenge that you've experienced recently in the past, etc., uh-huh. that really knocked you down. Like it was just like, boom, like you just felt this hit, you know, and it's just like, how did you rise? How were you able to get back up? Um, I know we've talked about, you know, just stuff with like, you know, what sounded like a really tough challenge as well, with when you were working in the health in the corporate health center and what happened there, etc. Mm-hmm. But is there anything else that you'd like to share as far honestly, as honestly? That? that was my thing when I was unemployed mm-hmm. for
1: that almost two years, that 18 months unemployment. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like it literally reduced me to nothing and made mm-hmm. me totally dependent on my faith. So okay. it's funny how it's a challenge that knocked me down, but actually mm-hmm. lifted me up in my
0: spirit Amen. and in who
1: I Amen. am. And it just grew my faith so much. Like I literally used to go on walks in the morning and I would literally just have my earphones in my ear and listen to praise and worship and just ask God, okay, God, what do you want me to do today? What do you want me to do? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. had that that never happened, I don't know where I would be in my journey with Christ to be honest. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like sometimes what the enemy means obviously means for our downfall, God really just turned it around for my good and I, really, I feel like the kind of person I was back then, I probably needed that time with him mm-hmm. and I don't I don't regret it at all, to be honest you know how some people are like, oh yeah, I should have stayed at that job longer, no, I don't regret it at all, mm-hmm. and it really helped, yeah. I think, develop my, my family unit I think it made us closer um, mm-hmm. I think it showed us that we can live on way less than we think we can because we're in an environment where it's just the spirit of more 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 more. And like, we can really live on less than we think we can because we, we literally have had to. And so that really just kind of was meant to knock me down, but it, it raised me up as a child of child of God.
0: Amen, amen, amen. I think we covered um the self care piece, the wellness piece, but I know you're really big on like Zumba as well as working out. So tell us a little bit about that. Tell us about Zumba. I know you're an instructor as well. You came to when you were in Sierra Leone. You did a Zumba class for uh, Giselle, um, Girls Empowerment Sierra. So just tell us about Zumba. I know it's something that you really enjoy doing. I always I love loved following you and yeah.
1: So like it's funny because when I was a kid. And I used to go visit, like, family members in D.C. And my one of my aunts, well, two of my aunts, they used to be, like, come dance for us, because they knew I loved to dance. And so, like, they would play mm-hmm. all this, like, African music, reggae, Caribbean, all kinds of stuff, and I would dance, and they were like, "We'll give you money if you dance for us. And so I would just dance, dance, and so dancing is always so funny. in my spirit, which is so funny. Like, I was, like, eight years old, nine years old, whatever I was, just <laughs> dancing, dancing my life away. And so, the funny thing is about Zumba, it's like, it literally just took me back to what I love, you know, mm. I like, I, mm. I love dancing, but then it also helped me in, in my creativity too, because sometimes I, a lot of times I make up my own choreography There's Sometimes mm. I just use a Zumba choreography or I'll get choreography. Mm. So from friends here and there or instructors here and there, mm. but, but about say about 50% of the time I do my own choreography because I like to do a lot of Afro beats too. So yeah. there's not a lot of choreography for that. So I do that, yeah. but like Zumba is definitely like my thing. Like, my Mm self-care thing, I love it because it takes me back to my childhood as wanting to Mm -hmm. just loving dancing. But it also helps me think more creatively about things. Um, It helps me also empower people. Like, when you're up there, like, I work in a space where there's a lot of women all the time that do Zumba, right? Mm -hmm. Men Mm -hmm. do it in in the different spaces I work. And so it's, like, a lot of times, you know, people think, oh, I can't dance, and I'm like, it's not about that. It's about just coming in here and being yourself. If you have, I tell people mm-hmm. all the time, you have to slow down the steps. If I'm going on a four count, if you need to go on a two count, go on your two count, whatever that is, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like for you. Because for me, at the end of the day, I want to be able to say, I gave my best. I left it all on the floor. I gave you as much energy as I could, and you absorbed that energy, and it was good. You know, mm-hmm.
0: that's why I love
1: Zumba. Mm-hmm. Like, when I show for Zumba, I'm like, all my makeup, everything, because I just got to put my best foot forward. Yeah. yeah. You, you want to go and inspire people to always put their best foot forward. So that's what, exactly that's what I, I do with that. I also like Sunday yeah. afternoon naps
0: too for self care. Same. <laughs> Same. I'm a huge <laughs> napper. I love that. <laughs> Even if I could sleep for 30 minutes, I would do it. Sometimes I tell people I'm not available. I'm doing something really important and that's napping. I like, like, I don't know how people don't nap. It's like the best thing ever. <laughs> so we definitely share something in common <laughs> regarding that. What would you say is your favorite item right now? um, As part of house, it's a Like what's something that you're like gleaning about that? Like you would love for people to get their hands on, check out. If like, what is something that you're like, oh, this is like just the best thing you could have? I mean, I love your travel bags. And like, that's something that I've been eyeing since I'm definitely going to buy. Hopefully, finally for Sierra Leone. But like, what is like, you know, something that you're gleaning about? Um, okay, so
1: recently we um, did the alpha bag. I designed this alpha bag. And the reason I call it the alpha bag, is like, it's a conversion bag. So it ha- it's like a little, sa- it's a little backpack. And then it also mm-hmm. has a, you can take off the buckles and you can make it like a crossbody. And so, and I think then, I, that's the and, one. And it's shaped like an A. Okay, and so you can also. I take think off, that's the one I saw. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you can also take, off, like, it. take off the crossbody buckles and just kind of hold it as a handbag like this. Because it has a little thing right oh, there. Oh, wow. so, so cute! And so I love that bag because it's like the everything bag, and I called it the alpha bag because it reminds me of the alpha woman who has who feels mm-hmm. like she has to do everything, or she is everything, mm-hmm. or she does everything, mm-hmm. and she does things mm-hmm. of excellence. So I That's love awesome. that bag. It's currently sold out. Oh, <laughs> oh
0: my gosh! When is it gonna get restocked? I hope okay. it gets restocked before I have to leave. It's gonna get restocked, hopefully, by the end of next week. We'll see. We'll see. Um, okay, okay. Yeah,
1: we're, we're we're working on restocking it. That's a bag that we kind of did just a limited supply on, and like when we did, okay. everybody was like, "Oh, we love that bag," and so we took it. Um, we took we we were like, "Okay, we need to re- restock it." So that's one yeah. of my favorite bags.
0: Awesome. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> last, last tip kind of advice. I mean, we've talked about a lot today and um what is like an advice that you would give to a young person who trying to figure their way around and really trying to see what God has them on earth here for, like really, what is my call? What is my purpose? Why am I here? What would you say to a young kind of millennial woman who's just trying, or oh, man, who's trying to figure their way around life? Honestly, I think that's just a, that's a, that's a question we struggle
1: with throughout life. Um, I don't think it's a question that's ever fully really answered. You know, what is my Mm -hmm. purpose here? I think we identify like our strengths. I think we identify Mm -hmm. our passions and we, you know, I think that's a good way of trying to figure out what your purpose is by identifying those strengths and those passions, those gifts. Um, Mm -hmm. and then praying about it, to be honest, like definitely do your passion. um, Mm -hmm. But also pray about what God wants you to do with that, because what we what we may think it looks like is not really what it may look like in God's eyes. Obviously, Mm -hmm. our vision can be so much more limited, obviously, than his vision or whatever it is that we want to do with the gifts that he's instilled with us, instilled Mm -hmm. in us. But I definitely think um, the key to at least traveling that road is to doing what you love. Definitely doing what you love because at the end of the day, if you're not doing what you love, then you're not really walking in your purpose because whatever God has placed in you, it's not going to be a burden on you, right? It's going to be something that, something that is going to be really, I don't want to say easy for you because I don't, I don't want to say easy in the, not easy in the, um, in the worldly sense, but easy to carry in the spiritual sense. You know what I'm saying? Because you have the grace. Yeah, you mm-hmm. definitely have the grace, for it. You the grace um, for it. It's something that, you know, you go to bed thinking about it at night or like you get all excited about, like if it excites mm-hmm. you, those things, mm-hmm. then lean into those things and see, examine what about those things excite you. And then you may be able to mm-hmm. find, um, you know, your walk in life.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good, you know. One of the things, um, I don't know if I was listening to T.D. Jakes and Stick Fertig were doing an interview and something came up. Maybe it wasn't them. Um, don't sue me cause I mentioned your <laughs> names, but, uh, <laughs> um, it was something about like ideas and how sometimes you'll just be sitting down, especially when you're in tune, um, with the Holy Spirit and sometimes people who aren't necessarily even believers, right. like they're still God's kids. So, um, you'll get like an idea out of nowhere, like a download, right? And then you'll be like, oh, wow, that's so, that's such a cool idea. And then I think the person was saying like one time this happened and, and, you know, they think they were just coming up with things, coming up with things. And then one time they went to God and were praying to God. God was like, where do you think you got those ideas? Right. Came from? you think you just came up with them? <laughs> yeah, and you know, so just like, yeah. And so just even the idea of like what you love is connected back to what God loves. Yeah. It's just, you're feeling it in your spirit, especially when you're in tune with the Holy spirit. It's like, whatever he feels, you'll feel, you know, God has feelings. I always say that God has feelings. God has, a, he's like, I think of like when the first time God's heart got, got broken was when Adam and Eve, you know, yeah. sinned and did what they did. That was the first time I was like, Oh wow. Like, he has emotions just, you know, so that transpires through our spirits being connected to the spirit of God. Yeah. So if you're feeling like this is something I'm really being drawn to, really being drawn to, definitely check with God and make sure this is what he wants you to be drawn to. And it's not fleshy, but it's most likely something God is drawn yeah. towards. So absolutely. I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree <laughs> with that. Well, this has been an amazing time. I wanted to leave you with um, a scripture, you know, especially as you kind of go along your journey. And and it's crazy because God laid a scripture on my spirit earlier on in the week. And I had no idea it was for you. But Mm -hmm. here it is. It's Romans 830. And he says, and those he predestined, he called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. And so when you were sharing the story about Facebook and like just what happened there, God reminded me of that scripture that you've been called for a time like this. You've been handpicked. You've been chosen for a time like this. You know, there's sometimes old folks say like you know favor ain't favor. fair not necessarily that it's not fair it's just like when god has his hand on your life there's certain things that he will always set you apart just to show people hey that's my kid because that's all god wants he wants to be like that father in the back going, that's my kid that's my kid right like and you saying that's my god that's my god that's my god so god literally has us here for his glory to shine through us, you know? And okay. so that's the ultimate purpose is like, it always goes back to him. It always goes back to him. And he sees that he sees that you are striving to ensure that he is in every area of your life. And so God loves to surprise his kids. He loves his kids <laughs> to smile. And I just believe that there's so much more for house of Takora. And I can't wait to see what God is going to do in your life yeah. and how many more destinies that God is going to use you to impact, because there are a lot of lives attached to, to you and to your business and, And just what he's going to do concerning Takora, your marriage, everything. Because I believe that his hand is strongly upon you. So thank you for joining Tea and Pepper Soup and for sipping with us. Um, Always a pleasure to have amazing women. And it truly has been a blessing chatting with you. And I can't wait to continue this conversation offline where y'all can't be privy to but y'all can always follow how can they follow you tell us you know where can they find you you
1: can find us on instagram at house of takura t-a-k-u-r-a we have a facebook page facebook.com slash house of takura and if you wanted to follow me personally i'm annette njao a N N E T T E N J A U. Thank you so much, Moya, too. I love your posts. I love your podcast. <laughs> I love the fact that you're letting God shine through you as well. I just, I enjoy Thank you. Thank you so
0: much. We bless him. <laughs> we bless him. Thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your day and we'll talk offline. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. God bless. Bye. Bye.